Okay, welcome back, Creatures of the Night, to the next installment of uh, Watch Alongs. Uh, looking back at The Undertaker's gimmick matches throughout the years. And as you can tell by our ensemble, we are headed into The Undertaker's Phantom Years as he meets mankind in the Boiler Room Brawl at SummerSlam 1996. And as always, I am joined by my good friend from Twitter, Randy Turco, who is just freshly in a brand new house, hence why we are delayed a couple weeks, but it is all worthwhile, I'm sure. So how are you doing, Randy? How's everything going? I'm glad to hear that you are all moved in and ready to go. All moved in. The Taker Detolf made it safely and it's already set up in its new digs. And uh, I don't know, I love the hats, man. I don't know yeah. if, uh, I don't know if I feel like The Undertaker or I feel like uh, the announced team at Survivor Series 94 when they all wore like the cowboy hats. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. Know. A yeah, bit I mean, of both. yeah, a little bit of both. You know, you can never fully feel like The Undertaker, but a good fake representation never hurts. Yeah, this hat, we were talking about it before we hit record. This hat is really, really good quality. I was impressed when I opened it up. Yeah, yeah, me too. Especially when you after you put it on and it like folds just like how his does. I was like, wow, this is great. Yeah, makes me wish I would have got that gray one a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah, especially the gloves which are nice and they give you a nice, uh, nice replica tie. I mean, this is a great set. Right, I can't um, wait for Halloween. Right, it's like we got a whole Halloween costume right here. <laughs> Right? If only they would have gave us like boot covers, might complete the whole set. Yeah, the stirrups, I would have loved yeah. that. Uh, when I dressed as Taker when I was uh, 10 or 11, I think, for Halloween, I did the gray Undertaker back then. There was no purple Undertaker. But I used uh, medical socks that like old people have on their legs to like pump the blood <laughs> from their feet up oh. to their chest. Oh my god. And like it goes up to my knee because I'm only 11. So I, I use those gray socks, I just pull them all the way over my jeans, my black jeans, all the way up to my knee. And those were my stirrups back then, so wow. gotta figure, gotta find some purple ones somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you gotta do what you have to do. <laughs> right. Make the costume, cool. make the costume look the best it can. Right. I was a cool Undertaker. I, I, I look at that photo though, and I was wearing uh, uh, my Nike high tops, so I, I looked pretty good until I wore the Nike high tops. I was like, <laughs> what was that? <laughs> hey, you know, you just made good with the cards you were dealt. Right. Just yeah. in case the Undertaker wanted to play some four-on-four. Four, right, three. right. There was nothing like this back then, so you had to do what you had to do. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad I'm glad that you texted me. We were going to do last ride match, uh, both last ride matches. Yes, yes. Um, and you said, man, we got to wear the hats. Pivot, yes, pivot, yes. Pivot. We got we to gotta wear something from the purple Undertaker days. Mm -hmm. let's, do, uh, let's do the only Boiler Room Brawl that involved the Undertaker. Yes. And uh, we'll pivot so we can wear our hats. And uh, man, I'm glad. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. Figured, you know, we were going to wear the hats, you know, you want to do it for the thumbnail. And I said, well, why just do it for the thumbnail and have a match that has no, um, you know, connection to the Purple Undertaker. Like we were talking about last time, we were going to do the two last ride matches. But after this stuff came in, we had a pivot. Had a pivot to uh, a match that he was in his purple attire for the only gimmick match. So it was one and done for the right. Boiler Room Brawl for him. So it's not something we had to continue on, like Buried Alive or anything. So it was, it was just a perfect timing and, you know, just brainstorming the idea. Yeah, it was great. I'm excited. I'm, I'm going to, you know, we were just going to wear this for the photo, but I'm going to wear this for the whole podcast and maybe I'll take it to bed and wear it to bed. Hey, you know, you know <laughs> whatever floats your boat. <laughs> right. 
So we are both clocked in at 1 hour 45, 40 seconds on Peacock. We are for the main event at SummerSlam 1996. Uh, Mankind giving The Undertaker lots of hell since debuting the night after uh, WrestleMania 12. Undertaker just can't seem to shake Mankind. And uh, they are fighting for control of the urn here in this match and as we see this becomes one of the Undertaker's most important matches in his career. It really this whole feud with Mankind kind of put him back on the map. I mean he Undertaker was a, ma a made man but like he had a couple of years with like you know Kamala and Giant Gonzalez. I mean, he had a Mabel. Mabel. He had a couple rough there, years there so getting this feud with Mankind and I think I think in one of those interviews I think Taker said that he once he saw Foley's work and he saw what the character was looking like with Mankind, he was like, I gotta work with this guy. Let me work with this guy. Yeah. I, I can make him. And he had no fear getting in there with him. And, I mean, like like you said, after uh, WrestleMania 12, um, I think Mankind attacked him. That led to King of the Ring, and he took a loss at mm -hmm. King of the Ring, a rare loss for The Undertaker. Yeah. And they do say, announcers always say, like, oh, nobody's ever beaten The Undertaker like this. And I think for Mankind, it's... It's not hyperbole. It's it's true. I mean, Mankind beat Undertaker a lot. Yeah. And he gets a lot of offense in in this match. Um, so I think this feud made Mick Foley, but it also kind of put the Undertaker back on the map. We're not just facing 8-foot, 500-pound guys anymore. Yeah. I mean, it's been noted that Undertaker was supposed to win the King of the Ring match. It was supposed to be a one-and-done match. Undertaker was going to move on from Mankind, and it was Undertaker convincing Vince McMahon to hire Mankind for a longer contract so they can draw out that feud and he can take that loss so they can continue moving and working together. So they both had a hand in, you know, helping each other out here. Yeah, and they, um, I think they both had interview segments, right, before this match started. Uh, T Taker and Paul Bearer were in the ring for the free-for-all, if you remember the free-for-alls. I remember the free-for-alls. And um, I... Taker, I don't think he said a whole lot, but Paul Bearer was speaking for him back then. Of course. And Paul Bearer, it's, it's so funny because you didn't really sense anything then, but now with hindsight, you kind of go, oh, okay. He kept talking about, like, promising The Undertaker that he wasn't going to let anything happen to The Urn, that The Urn would not be compromised in this match. I promise, Undertaker, The Urn won't be compromised. And we see as this match unfolds that The Urn would say with Paul Bearer, he would keep The Urn safe. It was just the Undertaker that he was leaving, and it's like well, I didn't really think of that at the time. But he, the, the seeds were definitely planted if you were paying attention at all. Um, and then right before this match, I think they have uh, Todd Pettengill goes to the boiler room. I noticed that, and yes. I thought it was funny because he's, he's he's climbing through this deep dark boiler room, and there's there's no light, and there's pipes, and there's electrical equipment, and he is scared of all of this. He's scared of the pipes, he's scared of the dark, he's scared of the electrical equipment, and then when he finally turns a corner, he runs into Mankind sitting there in the corner, and for some reason he is not scared of Mankind. He's scared of the pipes, <laughs> but he's not scared of Mankind. He's actually happy to see Mankind, and he starts interviewing him, and that's where Mankind basically says, this is my home, there's no place like home. So I thought it was, and then he starts licking the pipes. You can watch him physically actually lick the dirty pipes, which Mick Foley's dedication to the craft is just off the charts. Yeah, yeah. That's gross. It uh, is. It is. You don't know what you're going to catch. No. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, think, 
think I think this match was good, and there was no place like home because Taker usually had the advantage of a coffin match or a buried alive match or later an inferno match, and like this was putting the Undertaker on somebody else's turf. Yeah, the boiler room was where mankind was from, so it was kind of cool to see somebody else have home field advantage against the Undertaker. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this is what you know. Undertaker is going into uncharted territory here. And um, one of the main points I wanted to make before we hit start and start on this fun ride is this is basically the WWE's one of their first cinematic matches. It you know they have the TVs on the outside, they have a camera crew filming them in the back. Uh, you know not you know not movie style, but you know it's a it's like a, a little step forward. Then we will get, you know, a couple years ago with the Boneyard match and everything. So it's just like little something, you know, Vince has always wanted to make movies in wrestling. And this right. is as close. This one, and I would say that uh, the parking lot brawl between Goldust and Roddy Piper at WrestleMania, those was like the first two ones where, you know, the camera took you beyond the ring. Right. And I think you're right. I think that Bruce Pritchard has said that this was all a pre-tape. So this was all a pre-tape earlier in the day, probably. Yeah. Um, so this is all something that happened earlier until the last couple of minutes when they get out to the arena. Yeah, until they got, I think they break through the the doors so that. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, it's like our first cinematic match. So we're 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 gonna witness history here, here right. in a little bit, and I am ready if you are. Yeah, always. To get started on the Boiler Room Brawl, the first and only involving the Undertaker, um, and the revelation of the turncoat. Paul Bearer. So, as always, we will begin in three, two, one, play. And I will slip on my second glove. Me too. I couldn't hit the remote button with the glove on. Same. (laughs) (laughs) So, Taker's music's going off here, and of course, it's not going to be The Undertaker, but it's going to be Paul Bearer coming out with the urn. As Howard Finkel most uh, notably says, coming down the aisle with the urn. As if the urn is a, a thing. <laughs> right. And this is the last time and it feels I mean it feels like he's been with Undertaker at this point for twenty years, but it's been it's been what, five, five and a half? It's, yeah, five and a half. I mean it hasn't been that long, but as a kid it felt like it was a hundred years at this point. Yeah. This is the last time for now. And he would be away from him for like two and a half years to the end of 98. Right, and then that they start to come back together about the time that he came aboard. And they yeah. Ministry and and uh, I think it was October of 98, they started to get back together and gang up on Kane. Right? Yeah. But just at the time, uh, when we get there, I mean, it was just unfathomable that those two would break up. Right? Oh, yeah. Uh, and I think after the whole day, after, especially after losing a King of the Ring, you get to SummerSlam here and you're thinking, okay, he lost to him already, he gave him a win, this is a big four pay-per-view, this is going to be the blow-off, and Taker's going to get the win here, and that's going to be it. He'll get the final laugh, and then as we find out, they're not even close to being done. They're going to fight for a couple more years on and off. Yeah, right? And Undertaker doesn't really get, you know, a victory, you know, at leg up on to the buried alive. But even then, after he technically wins, he's buried alive. Right. 
So he gets really a solid victory, not until really Survivor Series. Yeah, and I think I think with this match too, weren't they? Uh, they were kind of sneaky about like the rules. This is almost like the Duchess of Queensbury match at Backlash One. They didn't really talk about what you have to do to win until the day of. Right. Keep the boiler room, and you got to get the urn. Here goes the Undertaker entering the boiler room. Once you put on these gloves, you just have to uh, like continuously play with them, like you're the Undertaker. <laughs> I do that uh, when I put on yard gloves to do yard work. I'm always like Kane. Yeah, so, like, right. Backyard. <laughs> I can't. Same as I can't not uh, when I'm trimming the hedges. I can't not act like Brutus the Barber Beefcake. <laughs> oh, you must be a fun one to watch do yard work. Always <laughs> continuously doing this yeah. and. <laughs> Cutting and strutting. Yeah. Right. Mankind's obviously already in the boiler room because uh, he lives there, apparently. So he lives in Cleveland, I guess. Apparently. I mean, that's where Todd Pettengale found him. That's where he found him, right? Licking the pipes. Ugh. It's funny, like you said, this is this is before the days of the giant Titantron. So they had the screen at the entryway. Yeah. They had those four AV cards from junior high. Yeah, like you, like uh, grade school televisions. Like you're gonna watch a movie day. I mean, these this crowd, this poor crowd. I mean, this is one of. Them. I mean, they they're here for Vader's and Michaels for the belt. They're here sure. for this match too, and they only get to see about eight minutes of it. Right. I mean, this is why you're here. This is why you. How does Taker remember where to go? I mean, I know it's a pre-tape, but like, I'd be like, okay, so you want me to go left? Then, how do I find mankind left? Then don't right don't worry about it. He'll find you. <laughs> right, right. Like you don't know what to touch. You don't know what's hot, what's cold. I don't know how they got the people at Gun Arena to like allow them to do this because, you, like you said, what's you don't know what's important and what's not important. What they're gonna break. You yeah, know? you don't know what you're gonna break. Uh, Back we're then, a lot more commentary than the commentary team. I don't know if you watched this this week, but like the commentary team yeah. just kind of like lays out. They yeah. lay out for this. Yeah, you don't really hear them a lot. You you know until you know like they have they talk when that thing like goes staticky. Then they say all sure. oh, there's technical difficulties and stuff. Right. The uh, convenient editing. I'm sure. I'm sure. Day. I'm <laughs> sure. But yeah, I mean. And you know, back then, you, you you're lucky if Vince even got the okay to do this. He probably just did it. And you know, if we get fined, I'll just pay it. Right, that's true. Oh, and a man kind of attacking the Undertaker with what appears to be a downspout to a house. I'm not sure. <laughs> you never know what you're gonna find in a boiler room. I guess. I guess <laughs> so. And oh, a PVC pipe to the head. Breaks off a piece of the pallet and hits him in the head with it. I mean, that broke conveniently nice. It really did. Uh, I'll point out Mankind's boots there. Those were always my boots on, like, No Mercy when I made my creator wrestler. Icon 2000, he always had Mankind. I changed the color. He had Mankind boots? I always wore Mankind boots. I love the little the, the tie in the front. Yeah, the little X. Yeah. Undertaker using a garbage can lid like two, three years before it was cool. Right, you know, right. Kind of a, like you said, it's a precursor to cinematic matches, but it's a precursor to hardcore matches, too. Yeah, right? it really yeah. is. 
Yeah, the, an excuse to be able to do no holds barred and just use every weapon imaginable. And I'm sure once they saw it got over, they were like, we got to do more of this. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy to think. Yeah, you really didn't use weapons, you know, before before this, you know, is, you know, if, if anything, is a chair. I love they had the three tents of, like, we got to put them in a spot where they'll find pipes and weapons and garbage can lids. Whereas by 1999, they're like, screw it. We'll just have all that stuff on ringside. You know? Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, a Stone Cold Stunner on the Sawhorse by Mankind. What a move. What a move. I mean, it's funny you bring up No Mercy. I mean, it was just so interesting. Like, during that video game, they had classic attires for all these people. Like, classic Mankind. You had the purple glove Undertaker. It's like, that's... It's so crazy to think, like, that video game gave you classic attires for these superstars that you can use. Yeah, and I think for each superstar, you could hit C right, and you could change, you know, they had four clothes, four different outfits apiece, so you yeah. could very well have Undertaker Badass, Undertaker Grey, Undertaker... Uh, they had the Lord of Darkness and the Ministry. Yeah. Mankind, I, I probably said it earlier, Mankind, not only does he get the win here, spoiler, but, Spoiler, like just in case. Yeah, but I mean, he gets a lot of offense. I mean, Taker gives him a lot of offense. I mean, they're really giving him the rub. And it obviously worked. I mean, yeah. I mean, Undertaker hardly got anything in right now. Is no, Vince? Like there's, there's no way. That's got to be for like, okay, take two. Move on. Yep, splicing. I really wonder how the people in Arena felt. Like you said, Vince just had to say, you know, if you allow us to do this, we will uh, we'll avoid any areas you want us to avoid. We don't want to turn the lights off to the whole place with 60,000 people there. But we will write you a check for everything. How great. No problem, you know. It's gotta be. Oh, it's gotta be. And that's even if he got permission. Right? You're right, yeah. It's uh it's easier to ask for forgiveness than permission yeah. sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry we didn't we didn't tell you we're gonna do this. Here's sixty thousand dollars. Right. Mankind's still in control. I don't know if I've seen the Undertaker have any offensive moves yet. The only thing is, he hit him with a pipe. He did. That was it. Like, just if anybody, you know, back in August of 96 is wondering, like, this guy's relevant, he's gonna be good, he's taking it to the Undertaker, look at him. Now Undertaker found a stick. that cool spot. I, don't, I still don't understand how they did that where Mankind opens a valve that sprays like almost like fire extinguisher stuff all over the Undertaker. I don't know how they gimmicked that. I'm sure they did, but I don't know how they did it. I hope they did. <laughs> hope it's not real. <laughs> yeah, hope it's not like actually burned them. 
Undertaker's coming off like a broken eye socket, now he just gets burned by smoke. Yeah. His elbow gets pretty torn up in this match, too. I never can figure out what from, though. I always try to figure out what spot it is, but I never can figure out where he tears his elbow up. I think right there. I think he hit it on that table. Because now it's bleeding. Might have been. Oh, trash all in mankind's face. Then he gets the hot coffee on him later. That's probably like... Well, I've got some notes on the hot coffee. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. It's one of my favorites in this match. You're right, Undertaker's elbow is bleeding. It might have been that table. Might have been that table. Must have got it right on the edge there. Those dastardly tables. Smash, I'm going to try to hit the button with my glove. This match has been going for... 10, 11 minutes now, the live crowd still hasn't seen a thing. Not not in person, anyway. Wow. So if you can't see the Jumbotron, and you're not in the front row for the TVs, you're screwed. Right. You're fooling. I would be fooling. Yeah. And I think they do move here once they do that second technical difficulties. You can hear the crowd booing because they're sick of it. <laughs> Uh, all the pipe, all the pipes falling on Undertaker. So many pipes. How many pipes does one arena need? So many pipes. Apparently, a lot of pipes. Right. Into the big garage door, which is every hardcore match ever, pretty much. Sure. <laughs> I like corporate Foley. Corporate Foley? Yeah. 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 Mankind really demonstrating his hate for the... He's got the Undertaker down. The object is to run like hell and get out and go get the urn, but he does not care. He also knows he's got an ace up his sleeve. Of course. Yeah. Of course he's got an ace up his sleeve. He's got the best ace there is. Sure. It's really a once I forgot how one-sided this match really is. It really gives mankind a lot, and I think that's a courtesy. Oh, and <clears> the <throat> second sawhorse. Because cause what else would you do with a ladder if that's right there, then climb it and jump right off of it? And just that high pain tolerance, like, oh my god, like that hurts. That, there's no way to, to fall right on concrete. Yeah. 
I mean, I give, you know, both these guys to fight on concrete, you know, in the boiler room, which you don't know what's there. Right. I mean, for all they know, there could be rats and mice. Yep. I'm like, ew, please, God, no. You don't know how maintained that is? Yeah, you don't. In retrospect, this is a very nice and clean boiler room. Kind of is, yeah. See that right now? Taker's dead. Taker's dead. Mankind could just run. Run. But instead he drags his carcass. <laughs> With Kate, which is helping the Undertaker. Right. You know, Undertaker really playing up the fact, you know, that this is this is Foley's home. You know, right. Undertaker's out of his element. It's uh, it's an away game. It's an away game for him. Hard yeah. to win on the road. Yeah, it is. Why is he dragging him? Just run, run, mankind, run. He was not known for his smarts. No. Our second edit. This is the one where the crowd starts booing because they're sick of it. Now it becomes like a bad horror film. Yes. That's right, that's right <laughs> up which, my alley. I'm just going to say, which is right up your alley. <laughs> your B movies. <laughs> I heard, uh, I read this week they're going now. Uh, Winnie the Pooh entered the public domain earlier this year. So wow. Right away, there's going to be a horror movie about Winnie the Pooh now that it's. Uh, public domain, you know? Because every good, because everybody needs a Winnie the Pooh horror film, apparently? Uh, apparently, Piglet and Pooh have been, you know, Christopher Robin grew up and has distanced himself from them. He doesn't feed them anymore, and now... He doesn't feed wild. them anymore? No, he doesn't feed them anymore, so now they've gone feral. They've gone wild. And they're, they're after human flesh. What a great idea. Interesting. I love, I love trash, so I'll watch it. I mean, I'm thinking here, they, you know, they're animals, they can feed themselves. <laughs> okay. Wouldn't be a good horror movie. I mean, yeah, I mean, what else would they do except go feral and need human flesh? Right, exactly. Something tells me Christopher Robin's getting killed. <laughs> well, The Undertaker's getting killed in this match, and uh, Mankind has found another ladder. Because why wouldn't you? Right. Oh, Undertaker's got life. Undertaker just sat up. He's gonna yank him down. Precursor to the Hell in a Cell. Yes. This is another terrible slide. Just plop. I mean, I know it's a box, but it's not. It's not much of a box. It's not much of a box. Oh. So Undertaker's taken a pounding for about 15 minutes, but he's got he's got a couple of big splashes in now to kind of even it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. He's slowly crawling for what you assume is the door, although we don't really know where that is. 
Now we threw oh. them into the uh, light tubes. Very new Japan. Just throws them into a box of light tubes because, yeah. of course, they'd be there. We'll have to make sure that that dirt on the back of his shirt, we'll have to make sure that's consistent when they come out to the arena. We'll see if it is. Walking towards the stairs, I can see the door now. Yeah, you can see the exit sign. Yes, you can see the exit you sign. You can see the exit sign. Good he call, knows where yeah. he's going. Now it's the Undertaker's turn to grab his boot. Best pure striker in the game, right there. Of course. such a um, bad ending for The Undertaker and he gets carried off as we'll see like he doesn't go away very long right? he's back at the next pay-per-view like usually when he dies he dies for like six months he dies for like six months yeah he doesn't die very long here oh you know you gotta use the fire extinguisher he wanted his revenge quickly boom fire extinguisher to the face So close. Mankind getting out first. This is like a this this is like a horror movie, right? This is yeah, here we go. Trying to trap him inside. the 13th part 4 put the dresser in front of the door do whatever you can do here and mankind instead of running to the ring yeah why is he even <laughs> stupid ass Hillbilly Jim. And Hillbilly Jim, yes. Well, we, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention Hillbilly yeah, Jim. Yeah, we'd be remiss. <laughs> he's, he's still giving his Hall of Fame speech. Marty Jannetty's in there? God. There's Bradshaw in Austin. Triple H. Oh, is that Triple H? I think he's coming up here. No, Bob Backlund. Oh, it's Bob Backlund. Well, Bob Backlund and Triple H are often <laughs> each other. <laughs> I think I just insulted Triple H. 
Yeah, here comes the coffee. My favorite spot in this match is The Undertaker getting hit with uh, hot coffee to the uh, face and chest. And I looked it up, there's many moments where coffee and pro wrestling intersect. Uh, in 1987, the Macho Man calls Steamboat a cup of coffee. He's having a cup of coffee with the big time. Uh, Eddie Guerrero in a Nitro in 1998, he pours coffee on himself, saying he's going to save Eric Bischoff the time. Uh, okay. <laughs> In 1996 on Nitro, Ric Flair throws hot coffee at Luger and Sting, but he accidentally hits the Giant, his partner, and they lose. And then it wasn't coffee, but most importantly, Y2J peed in Steven Regal's tea in 2001 before WrestleMania 17. Yes. So coffee and tea, big part of wrestling. Apparently. Yes. They're out in the arena now. Hallelujah. They're out in the arena at 2.05, so this has been going for 20 minutes, and they're just now starting to see stuff in the live crowd. Breaks a 2 by 4 over his back. Oh! Stop! <laughs> this is presented by Stridex, by the way. I think it gets presented by Stridex uh, next year, too. Survivor Series, uh, SummerSlam 97, when uh, Kane yeah. defends the belt against uh, Bret Hart. Right? Yeah. Stradex, a consistent partner of WWF. Yes. Do they even are they even still a thing? I think so. I mean, teenagers still have zits, right? It yeah, still I think it's still there. Yeah. I know I used it like ten years ago. So. Sure. Sure. I love looking at all the shirts and like all the. Oh right. In the crowd. All this stuff that I wish I had. My wife has that Shawn Michaels hat that kids wear, the biker hat. Oh, there was a TV. There was a TV. Oh, the AV cart fell over. Well, now we're down to three TVs. Oh, well, people can at least see them now. <laughs> Who's going to get to Paul Bearer first and get that earned? Pretty famous spot coming up here. Mankind's going to expose that concrete. As if we didn't have enough of it earlier. Yeah, right? A lot of people in the crowd wearing my shirt that I got here. <laughs> Although theirs isn't 5XL or whatever mine is. I'm sure. But that's just how you rolled back then, so. Yeah, I think I bought it for like 30 bucks and like... 1996, 97, somewhere in there. Boom, wedgie pile. That's a fully, like, trademark is that wedgie pile driver onto the, where he pulls your trunks and just drives you into the concrete. It looks like Mick Foley is going to be the one to get in the ring first. Paul Bear doing more walking than he's ever done in his life there, facing the <laughs> ring. Worried about, what do I do if mankind gets in here first? But it's not just getting in there. You gotta, you gotta grab possession. Yes, you gotta grab possession to earn. And Undertaker's got his boot. Taker stops his progress. I think Taker's gonna get up there. We're gonna have a good old-fashioned slugfest to see who's gonna fall and who's gonna, who's gonna stay. 
big right hands from the best striker in the game. Get ready for the most sickening spot probably in the entire match. And that's this slingshot. Boom. Oh. Foley falls onto the concrete back first. He does a back smacker onto the concrete. And you know that's just McFoley taking it. Unbelievable thud. He's got to take possession of the urn. So now it appears that The Undertaker, with ease, is going to win the match. You would think. It's his for the taking. Oh, they got the foam finger. They got the foam finger. I see kids with the front row with the foam finger. Give me that urn, The Undertaker says. That urn, by the way, is the urn with the ears. Yes. That they had, they had on... Uh, most Wanted Treasures last year, April of 2021, where Undertaker had to go get it from the National Museum of Funeral History. Yeah. Oh, and Paul Bearer with the turning his back on the Undertaker, literally. And now it's a mandible claw. And the Undertaker has went down every time that mandible claw gets put on it. So Paul Bearer's laughing. And now we see Paul Bearer laughing. I remember watching the highlights in this on that Phenom VHS tape. Yeah. And just, you know, with the music they added to it and everything, it made it so spectacular and epic of this betrayal. The Undertaker sits up again, he just won't die. Oh, he's going to smack him, isn't he? Oh. Oh. It's, it's hideous. Right. This is unfathomable. These two guys are like peanut butter and jelly, you know? Undertaker says he thinks he still has a dent in it from his head. Boom. And that's what puts him down. Is the urn shot from Paul Bear cracking him in the head. And Mankind. And don't, I thought it was pretty cool when Mankind started carrying that thing upside down. Or Paul Bear would start carrying that urn upside down when it was Mankind's. That was pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. Over the next few months, the urn with the ears. That's a lot of exercise Paul Bearer did there. Right. A lot of walking and pacing the ring. And body shots and right. punches. Love the foam finger that everybody's got. I need to get me a death. I need to get me a foam finger. Got two of them. <laughs> <laughs> this one's not good, as good a shape, though. This one's, this one's got some nicks on it. It's not terrible, but it's all right. 
now they're leaving. And I believe Paul Bearer says, because I'm Paul Bearer, and we're not. And you're not. Which is true. He is Paul Bearer, and we're not. And that's right, yes. Undertaker hasn't moved since getting hit with that urn. So why, I, I just, why do you think they decided right now is the time to split The Undertaker and Paul Bearer? Why SummerSlam 1996? You know, the funny thing is Undertaker didn't even know. He didn't even know why they decided to do it. And I don't even really know. Seems like an odd thing. You know, I would think, I would think the Buried Alive may have been a better choice. I think that may have been a better choice. I think maybe having Undertaker win here and then maybe doing the Buried Alive and then when he's about to bury Mankind, maybe Paul Bearer hit him with the urn and he falls in. Sure. But I don't know. Because he didn't really change his look up after this. He still stayed purple until he was buried. Yeah, and he only, you know, you know, like we said, he only dies for a couple of... I, I don't even think... He might be on Raw tomorrow. You know what I mean? I don't think it's very long. It's not like he's going away. So yeah. And not and here comes the Druids too. So it's it's. I can see why you know it was kind of an odd pay per view to you know do it at. The only thing I can think of is um. I I don't know, but maybe it's kind of like it reminds me of what's going on currently with Bobby Lashley and the giant Omas and MVP. You know, it's kind of like. Taker was obviously over by himself. He didn't need Paul Bearer anymore to talk for him. He kind of came into his own on promos, and and he was an icon by then. Five years in, six years in, I think they maybe they were thinking like, let's take Paul Bearer off of Undertaker. Undertaker could be fine alone. He doesn't need Paul Bearer anymore. Let's put Paul Bearer on this new kid, Mankind, and give him the rub, and help get him over. Um, and so maybe that's what they're thinking, and I think that's what they did. Bobby Lashley was managed by MVP. Bobby Lashley's a world champion, a former champion. He's as over as he's going to be. I'm not saying he's taker over, but he's a main eventer. Um, and I think they thought, you know what, let's take MVP off Bobby Lashley and let's put him with Omas because he clearly needs help. Now, I don't know if Omas is going to be mankind successful, but uh, I do think having a mouthpiece will help. So maybe they were just thinking they're going to put Paul Bear with Mankind and help get him over. I don't maybe. know. Maybe. And then there's still time in the feud. If you do it right now, there's still some time in the feud for the for them to make the change, and then the Undertaker can still get the last laugh. You know, at Survivor Series. Maybe I don't know. Sure. The uh, Druids, by the way, are now carrying. They didn't bring a casket or a body bag. They're just carrying the Undertaker out awkwardly, like Jesus almost. They're yeah. just carrying him out of the arena. It's very odd. While their music plays, the Druid chanting. Very somber. Very odd way to end the pay-per-view, I would say. Uh, is Vader and Mankind? Or is Vader and Sean after this? No, this is the main event. No, really? Yeah, I believe so. No, my, uh, Peacock says we still got uh, 31 minutes. Like, the championships match. Got Are you kidding? Wow, I thought this... I always thought this was the main event. Yeah, no, I... Because I think, could you imagine this poor live crowd? Like, okay, we're not going to show you three-fourths of the match. It's going to be in the back. And then also the bad, the bad guy's going to kill the good guy at the end. See ya. See ya. <laughs> well, that ends, that basically ends, the Boiler Room Brawl. Um, anything else here to close us out, Randy? 
your yeah, notes. I, your I your infamous list. notes. Yeah, I did list the. Uh, a, there's a few boiler room brawls in wrestling history. No more with the Undertaker. Yes, true. But we won't be covering them here. But Mankind defeats the Undertaker, SummerSlam '96, which kind of starts it because that's Mankind's home, as we talked about. And Mankind's in all the WWE boiler room brawls. The next one would be at Backlash 99 in April of 99. Yes. Mankind defeats the Big Show, who's only about two months into his run as the Big Show. Mankind defeats the Big Show. And the biggest thing I remember from that one is Mankind kind of like after he wins, he's kind of escaping the boiler room and he's kind of whimpering to himself because he's you know, got beat up by the Big Show. He's kind of like, I don't want to fight the Big Show again. I've got kids. It's just like, uh, of all the moves that they did and all the insanity, that's what I remember is him making that joke at the end. Wow, that's sad. Right. Uh, Triple H defeated Mankind on a 1999 episode of SmackDown in a Boiler Room Brawl. Oh, yes. The end end of 99 is they're starting to, like, um, the McMahon-Helmsley era is starting to beat down on Mankind so he can return as Cactus Jack instead. Yeah, that's the, that's the, uh, the Trials of Triple H episode. That's the one Undertaker walks out on. He didn't want to yeah. fight him in the casket match. He's done. And then Triple H dressed as Santa come Christmas time, 1999. He defeats Mankind with the help of the Mean Street Posse on Raw wow. in a boiler room brawl. Wow, that, I don't even have any recollection of that one. So Triple H has been in more boiler room brawls than The Undertaker. And more victories. Yes, and then um, I did, those are the four from WWE. There were there was a cheap knockoff version. So I know you're surprised from WCW. I am surprised. And so they called it the Block, but it was a boiler room brawl match. The Block. And um, their guy wasn't Mankind. Their guy was Jerry Flynn, not Jerry Lynn from ECW, former world champion. This is Jerry Flynn with an F, and he kind of if you Google him kind of reminds me of Steve Blackman a little bit, like that martial arts guy, kind of plain, but he also kind of delves in hardcore stuff too. He can, you know, beat you up with karate, but he can also hit you over the head with a, you know, a pan or something, you know. So Jerry Flynn, that was his match in WCW, The Block, and he defeated the Barbarian on a 1999 Nitro in a Boiler Room Brawl. And then he also went to a no contest with The Wall on a 1999 Nitro. So those are the two... Wow, you know... In WCW history. Hard-hitting matches. Oh my gosh. Jerry Flynn. Wow. Jerry Flynn. I think they were trying to like kind of tie it into their hardcore division because I remember they had a hardcore title for a minute in WCW, but... Amazing. Right. It didn't work, clearly. Amazing. Well, I am glad we got this one out of the way. Yeah, it was, a, it was a, I mean, I think I can understand why they did it, giving Mankind a lot of offense, and then, um, and then like, obviously he gets the win, but like, it is very one-sided. Very know, one-sided. It is not as exciting as I remember. Sure. The uh, ending, I think the turn was exciting. That's what I, people remember. That's what I remember the most is the ending, but damn, that was one-sided. And I really, you know, it makes you take you, take you back to being in the position of the crowd, and... If I was in the crowd, I would think this is like one of the worst things ever. Right. It is, it is boring as hell. Right. And they only saw eight minutes of action. Yeah, you can't, you can't see ninety percent of it, and I could see why McMahon did do it again. 
Especially, you know, before they can, you know, present it in a wider Titantron or wider, you know, a wider array of doing so. But, yeah, this, looking back at it, I think the most spectacular part is the betrayal. Absolutely. And uh, besides that is... forays into hardcore matches and they would clearly get better on it you know practice sure. perfect, they'd get better on it but uh, sure so purple purple undertakers we always talk toys of here. course that's the, point, that's the point of the mothership right of course so uh what what purple toys come to purple undertaker toys come to mind i wrote down a few yes um a couple of ones come to mind base uh bca superstar series one one that started it all um one of my favorite I would, action figures. I would series two, because series two is, is that where he has the glow in the dark flesh. Glow in the dark flesh is series yeah. two. Yes. So series one and two, uh, some of my favorite figures, and of course one of my favorite figures, Legend series nine, with the hair in the face. Yep, that's the one I have to represent purple uh, Phantom of the Opera Taker in my detail. I used to have the Lost Legends Elite. That was what I had first. Um, he had the heart coat, so he was stuck in that angel position that you can't pose it. Yeah, in yeah, the angel stuck. position. Um, but I did replace him when I found Legends 9. Yeah, it's such figure. a better figure. You got the soft goods, you got a much better face scan, much better hair. Yeah, it's a much better figure. That one. The retro series one, the only Undertaker retro we have is Purple Undertaker. Yeah, yeah, a good representation. I wouldn't, uh, I mean, as we always talk about, I hope that Retro's, I mean, Taker gets a gray one, I hope he gets a badass, I mean, there's so many... I, I hope he gets a Lord of Darkness Ministry. Sure. Because you got the gray as the Hasbro, you don't, they don't really need to revisit the gray. Uh, the guy, they aimed the purple already, I would love the, the Ministry, Lord of Darkness, or a badass one, but I think, like, the Attitude Era, that'd be great, because it match, it'll match the Rock, it'll match the Kane, it'll match the Austin, the Triple H... Nice attitude era Undertaker, that'd be a good one. Yeah, I'd love to see more retros, but right now I'm looking at them, the purple one is the one that they picked first, so... Yeah. That's purple Undertaker. What is his most colorful, so I can see why. Yeah, it's uh, toyetic, as they yeah. say. Yeah, hip-hops. Right? Yes. And the only thing, other thing I had listed was not even a, a toy, but I, all I thought about when I watched this match earlier this week was... Uh, the cover of WWE magazine, WWF magazine, from the fall of 96, because they're always a little bit behind. And it was Paul Bear with the urn over his head. And he's about ready to crack the Undertaker in the head, like Undertaker's on his knees. And I, I remember that magazine. And, I, and now that I'm in this bigger house, I can get to my stuff a lot easier than I used to. So I went over to my trunk from college, and I went and I found all my WWF magazines that I have saved. Sure. And I, I saw my No Mercy manual, uh, strategy guide, uh, WrestleMania 2000 strategy guide. Nice. And um, I went through and I found, I have a bunch of different ones. I have um, Undertaker and Nails on the cover of WWE magazine from like 93. Yeah. I got a lot of the Attitude Era, like 97, 98, and beyond all the way, you know, towards my college years, 02, 03, 04. And I, do, I didn't have that one. So I immediately went to eBay and was like, I've got to get this magazine with Paul Bearer the urn so I mean as you, I'm sure you know the magazines are pretty cheap yeah you find them, like you should be able to find them in under 10 bucks most of them under 10 bucks 
And so I found that one, and then I started thinking, like, what other Undertaker ones don't I have? So I didn't have the, I don't have this first one from 91. I know Alex Dorio just bought that fairly recently, and I found that one, and there's another one from, like, 92. Um, they packaged them together, and those were under 10 bucks together. And I was wow. Like, oh, I got to get those. Yeah. yeah. So, I've got like three or four because of this podcast. I've got three or four magazines coming my way. I'll have to I'll have to show them off next time. Yes, uh, I have to get one of my. I think the first magazine I ever saw of him is the I, the uh, the Ministry of Darkness one when he has the purple TX behind him, and he's sure. in his WrestleMania 15 attire. I have to get that one. That's the oh, first. How can, you, how can you not have that one? Right, that's the right. first one I remember. That one, I think he's there crucifying Austin on one. Sure. So. I have to get them. I have to get those. Yeah. I say you can usually find a pretty good deal. Um, like I said, all mine were, I probably spent 20, 25 bucks total, but I've got like four magazines coming. Sure. All, individually, they were that's, all under 10 bucks. That's cheaper than and they probably were. <laughs> they were, right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. I had a subscription for a little while, and I want to say when I first went to college in 99, so I've got like 12 in a row from like 1999, so... I think nice. those years pretty covered, 02, 03, but the 92, 91, 96 with Paul Bear, and I was like, man, I gotta get that one, because I remember that cover. Oh, sure. So you're, make, you're making me spend money here. That... <laughs> hey, and it all started with the major wrestling figure podcast trying to make me spend more money and building up the collection. So, right. it's a vicious cycle. It's a vicious cycle. Well, what, uh, I don't well, you saw I brought my props. I got the foam finger here. Uh, this month I did add the WrestleMania 38 Blu-ray. You show me. Nice, nice. Which we, which we texted about. I, I mean, I mean, I figure the man is on the front, right? Right. So they, his, his speech has to be in the extras. But if you look at the back, it doesn't really list any extras at all. And so when I bought it, I thought, oh, oh. And uh, I put in disc one. And disc one doesn't have any extras, and I thought, uh-oh. Usually, I think usually extras are on disc two. Thank God it is. The only extra, the only special feature is... <laughs> the only uh, special feature is speech. Yeah, it just says, the de- <laughs> well, I sent you the menu. It says Dead Man uh, Talking or something like that. And uh, it is just his speech. It's not the Steiners. It's not Charmel. You don't have to fast forward through anybody else. It's just Vince McMahon's induction and then The Undertaker's TED Talk that he gives. Nice. Up. Nice. Entirely so. That was a good purchase. And then obviously, I tweeted that one out. That one came, this one came uh, yesterday. So it's not signed by The Undertaker. It's not the $500 one. Because, yeah. holy cow. Holy I cow. Bucks, I want to I meet the guy if I spend 500 bucks. Right? Right, 500 bucks, you can meet him. Right. I'm saving it for that. I saw he was in Orlando recently. So. Mm-hmm. Maybe he'll come. I mean, even if he doesn't come to Minnesota, he comes to Iowa, Chicago, maybe. Chicago. I mean, he'll definitely come to Chicago. He's been there before. That's why I met him twice. He'll be there. I would love to do that, and I would spend the money for that. But you can get that signed. You can get that signed by him. And then it will be signed. And then it Uh, will be signed. Because I, 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 I want to meet him. I want to talk about the hook on his pants. Oh my god! <laughs> I always talk about that, but I don't know what I would have signed. I, and I want a picture. I do the picture and the signature. You know, if they offer that combo. But I don't know. I'm looking around the room. I don't know that I have something that stands out that I would have signed. So maybe, maybe this. Definitely, I would. If I had that, I'd get that signed. Yeah, I think that. I mean, I, 
the canvas that was used when he unveiled the statue or the uh, sheet that covered the statue. Eh, whatever. But I think the cooler part is this, uh, there's a piece of carpet here from his speech. Yeah, in which he probably walked on, like I said yesterday to Alex. He walked around the whole ring, so he probably walked on your piece. Yeah, there's only 380 of these things, so I got 205. What was Alex's number? He never told me. 151. 151. Dang, he beat me. He must have uh, he must have put his order in that much quicker than I did. I don't know. <laughs> Luck of the draw. That was uh, those were my additions. Despite moving, not not a bad month. Despite not a bad month. Not the hat and the gloves and the tie and then the plaque and the WrestleMania DVD. Nice. Blue, right? Nice. You can't stop collecting. Well, and especially right now with Taker getting into the Hall of Fame, everything's pretty hot. You know, he's got so much stuff coming out. I still keep checking, you know. Right? The LED coffin and that cube, I'm like... I'm still waffling on that. Like, I got to get that done. It's kind of like you. Like, you wait until there's a few things on, on uh, WWE shops. You have to pay shipping five times. You know? I, I'm, I'm waiting for those to go on sale. Mm. Good idea. Yeah, I'm waiting for those to go on sale. Because half of our uh, half of the shirts that I bought the other month are already on sale now. I know, but I have no patience. I know, right? <laughs> so it is my downfall. It is my downfall. There are certain things that I just can't wait on, and like when this hat and gloves came out, I was like, right? I can't wait on you just can't. And I knew, I knew that this thing would sell out. I was like, you Which can't it, wait on this. Yeah. yeah. Can't wait on it. You can't. So I think next time, as we meet, we will do our regularly scheduled one we had planned, the two last ride matches, uh, two of Undertaker's worst opponents, JBL and Mr. Kennedy. Uh, we should get those two out of the way and then uh, look towards something else. So we got, we're done with the boiler room, we'll be done with the last ride, and then see what the head off after that. I look forward to next month. I won't have to move, and I hopefully won't be sick, so we can uh, get onto it maybe in the in the teens, like we usually do. We'll get perfect. Perfect. Uh, as and if you have anything to plug, you know your weekend treadmill horror. Where to find you on Twitter? Now is your chance. Right. All the for the dozens and dozens of people <laughs> that follow me. Uh, I do. I do have hashtag uh, this week in treadmill horror. I missed last week because I moved. So I wasn't, wasn't on the treadmill because we had to take the treadmill apart. Right. Uh, back back this week, so I always tweet about what I'm watching on the treadmill uh, while running uh, throughout the week. So this week is Swamp Thing. I, I never watched the Swamp Thing movies, which is kind of like a borderline horror superhero. Yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. The but, DC guy, yeah. So it's like, all right, so I'll do Swamp Thing. And then Swamp there's only two of them, so I did a couple other random movies to pair with it. So... Pretty pretty fun uh, pretty fun week getting into Swamp Thing, so I'll tweet about that tomorrow. And I always tweet about The Undertaker and, you know, all my various sports teams that I of watch. Of course. And John F. Kennedy. And John F. Kennedy. He's my guy. <laughs> yes, I right. Weird, I got a weird palette of interests. They're all you do. Eclectic. You yeah. really, a really ecle eclectic's good. Eclectic is good. Um, right. You can find you at Pokey's Little Dog on Twitter, and I recommend all the creatures of the night to follow you. You are very fun. And as you said, very eclectic, which I enjoy. I enjoy your various hobbies and interests. Yes, before we sign off, though, just while we're still on the record, did you dump me yesterday for Talkie Taker? <laughs> I, you know, funny thing about that, 
I kind of did. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's totally fine. I, um, I booked myself in a corner because I said, like, because I know I was the one that was sick. I was the one that had to move, and I'm like, damn it, I feel so bad. Steven's going to think I don't want to do this stuff anymore. No, the I funny thing is, is I went to watch this match back. Yep. And I needed the extra day, and then I was doing that thing with him, and I said, well, okay, I'll just push it the next day. I needed the extra day anyway. <laughs> sure. And I thought, you know, I, and so when we were talking about, like, when do you want to do it uh, next, this week coming up, and I was like, uh, Wednesday sounds good. We usually do Wednesday, and I, I booked myself into a corner because I've been watching my basketball team, the Boston Celtics. They're in the basketball playoffs right now. Okay. And they play every other day, and soon as I told you Wednesday, like later on that day, I was like, oh, damn it, the Celtics play. And I'm See, it worked play. out for everybody. I'm like, son of a bee, but I, saw, I told Deanna, I was like, I'm not going to move Steven again. I've been jerking this guy around left and right, getting sick, moving. I'm like, I'll just take the Celtics. I'll watch them late night or something. I won't look at my phone. And then you, when you called out, when you dumped me for Dory, I was like, no problem. <laughs> Hey, and we had fun on the Instagram live. You need to get on Instagram so we can do that one day. I know. How did that go? I, fun. I, it was fun. Yeah. yeah. How, long were you, how long was it? I didn't... 25, 30 minutes. Nice. Yeah. It was nice. So. Yeah, I got to get, get on the Instagram. I got to join the 21st century. I, I agree. I we agree. need to get, I thought about it, we need to get a, uh, a three-way text going so we can always, this, this pipeline of toys that we got between Florida. Right. And, South Carolina and, uh, and Minnesota. Minnesota. Get a text going. Quite the uh, Bermuda Triangle, if you ask me. Right. <laughs> Never know what I'm going to find that you guys can't and vice versa. Right? Yeah. Right? Um, so this is fun, as always. Thank you. Um, I enjoyed the gimmick match watch-alongs. Um, because we get to create, we get to bust out stuff like this. This is like the one time this year I can wear this. Exactly. Time. Exactly. And uh, as always, Creatures of the Night, follow me on Twitter at Collect Up Dead and on Instagram at Collecting Dead Man. Waiting for your Instagram to Randy. And subscribe to this YouTube channel. Like, comment, subscribe. And as always, join us next time. Same Taker time, same Taker channel as we keep on rolling, baby. And as The Undertaker said at the end of Escape the Undertaker, my hat is off to you. I hope you have enjoyed this episode of Collecting Dead Man. Please continue to subscribe and leave us a five-star review where you can. Follow me on Twitter at Collect Up Dead and on Instagram at Collecting Dead Man. Check out my Linktree page so you can find the links to all my merchandise stores, where you can find wherever this podcast is available, and where you can subscribe to my YouTube channel. Hit the like button and subscribe there as well. Please continue to support this podcast in any way you can. And until next week, Creatures of the Night, keep on rolling.